love to help and that's a fact So we have made it our mission to find stuff out From diagnosis and education Stealing out of your frustration Chat to folks who've been there too Collect it together and share it with you If you know someone we should speak to Send them our way and that's what we'll do We like to have our sensory natters You know what? Hi everyone, it's Jenny here with another Sensory Matters mm. show and today I'm excited to be talking to Joseph Redford. Um, a little bit about Joseph, he's 34, he's very tall, he's six foot seven, he loves traveling and exploring new places and he's been involved in, in autism community building. So I'm really looking forward to chatting to Joseph, we're going to talk a bit about him and his personal experience and then move into um, autism communities and, and how that um, how he's been involved in that. So, hi, Joseph. Hello. Hi. Um, so, let's start with, you were diagnosed at age 11. So, I'm keen to understand what was that like? What triggered that diagnosis? Has it helped you? Um, well, I was, I was diagnosed at 11 in the uh, mid-1990s. So, I was born in 1984. So, um I think uh, I think it was if it was now I probably would have been diagnosed earlier. Yeah. Um. I was I sort of kind of. Uh, I think the first signs that I was quite unusual uh, when I when I was a child was uh, was that I actually kind of taught myself to read signs off shop windows and people saw that as unusual. Okay. Um. Then uh, then people thought I was deaf. Uh, at first, I was tested for deafness because. Uh, because I didn't seem to take in what people were saying, um, but and, 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 and they tested me for deafness uh, when I was about four or five years old, and uh, and found that uh, I no, 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 there's nothing wrong at all with my hearing. So it was kind of kind of quite uh, sort of quite quite disruptive at school. You know, sort of handwriting was quite quite bad. Uh, and 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 when I was about seven years old, people sort of thought uh, you know it might might be might be Asperger's but then it took another another four years for me to to get to get diagnosed um and uh so is that do you, do you feel that that diagnosis helped um I suppose if I'd grown up you know into adulthood not not understanding huge parts of myself that would have been negative mm-hmm. uh but at the time it it didn't I, I kind of before my diagnosis, I'd kind of, I'd kind of accepted my, I'd, I'd kind of accepted my myself. I was kind of happy with who I was. Uh, you know, I, I knew I knew I was different, and I, I knew I was odd, and and you know, did things did things differently. But I, I kind of didn't didn't see that as a bad thing. And 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 uh, so during the process of diagnosis and kind of reading reading the um reading. Uh, sort of accounts from other autistic people um it, it sort of it kind of pathologized things that i saw were uh, i saw as differences you know um like, like sort of you know like the way um i uh yeah the sort, sort of odd, odd things i did or sort of the routines i did with they, they were sort of uh, like for example i i kind of uh uh had a habit of sort of skipping up and down in a very very sort of regimented routine way, mm-hmm. and 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 the I think the meeting after I, I was diagnosed, there was some specialist and and I don't know the sort of way way it was mentioned, it was kind of 
oh, it's jumping and flapping and making noises, and and you must stop that, and and uh, or, or or you won't be able to fit in, and and it's sort of, it's sort of you know, and and it's sort of you know the sort of the sort of expectation was you know you know the the goal was to you know sort of fit in and be normal, and it kind of it it did it did it 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 made the life ahead look quite bleak you know mm-hmm. because all, all, a lot of the accounts of autistic adults were you know about how much they suffered and how much they 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 were ostracized and 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 you know and how you know they couldn't get a job and if they did get a job they were bullied in out out of it and stuff like that uh and uh and and so you know sort of it it, it gave me a rather short-termist perspective on life uh yeah. like you know you, you know you, you sort of didn't really see the point of planning far ahead into the future because you know the future was bleak so you, you just get all the old crumbs of happiness uh yeah from it uh so <laughs> yeah so it sounds like it positive in terms of accepting who you are um negative in terms of that kind of being forced to conform and fit in and feeling like that that's what everyone expected of you but I'm sure that also probably drove you on to do what you do now in terms of developing a positive autism community um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> interrupting <laughs> uh, that's all right uh yeah um because yeah a lot a lot of you know there weren't I mean, I mean, it still, it still happens, still happens today in some ways. Like, like you know, if they talk about talk about you know, being autistic, they sort of talk about how much they suffer or how much they have to struggle against uh, against things. And and you know, I, I suppose I'd want to, I'd want to show that you know you can, you, you don't, you don't, you can't, you know, you, you you can thrive as well as on top of surviving. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So you're you're also dyspraxic. So tell me about that and how it affects you. Yeah, it's 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 kind of it's kind of interesting because like um because yeah, well, I was diagnosed dyspraxic, but I've not I've not looked into it in in the same depth that I have uh, with with being autistic. Like um, it's, it's and and I I kind of I kind of see being autistic as sort of like a uh, a a sort of different way of being, whereas being dyspraxic is just a nuisance. Um, so I mean, my, my gait is quite unusual. Um, I sort of struggle, um, sort of like tying shoelaces. I've always struggled with that. Um, uh, handwriting as well. Um, uh, the, the uh, handwriting, um, is kind of, I mean, I, I can read it. Um, but, uh, other people can't like the way, the way I form, form the letters, uh, um, like, for example, the O's. When I write an O, it's often not connected at the top, so it looks like a U. Okay. Um. Uh. Yeah, and I suppose yeah, sports. Um, sports are like like we've got complicated physical maneuvers. Mm-hmm. That that that's that's kind of uh, that's kind of quite difficult. Um. Yeah, and I suppose uh, I don't know if that is also with dyspraxia because they, they tend to blur and I mean, blur. Yeah. Blur together, but um, uh, I suppose sort of lack of awareness around me, like um, you know, I, I sort of you know, you, you sort of see a person out the corner of the of the eye, like on one side of the room, and then you sort of blink, and then the other person's the other side of the person's the other side of you. It's sort of a 
Yeah, and, and probably other things I've not really thought of either. Um, yeah, well, it is, it is common. Lots of people who have autism also are dyspraxic. So it's like you say, the, the, the lines blur a bit, don't they? Yeah. In terms of where it stops and starts. Um, but you, you've also developed a real love of traveling. So why has that come about or how did it come about? Yeah, um, I, uh, I volunteered for the NAS in uh, 2002 a National Autistic Society, and uh, and I sort of kind of found that quite wasn't was very satisfied with that experience. But one thing I did like is just well because I had to commute to London and back. I sort of like like the sensation of moving, mm-hmm. uh, and and and, I, and 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 especially on the train where sort of the the movement is sort of relatively uninterrupted. Um, yeah. Like like you know you don't you don't just you well. If the train's running smoothly, you don't, you don't just stop and start all the time, like like with with buses. And I kind of I kind of like that the sort of the feeling of flowing, uh, you know, through through a through a uh, through through space. And uh, so so and, and so I started um sort of after after I'd finished working at, at the NAS, kind of uh, traveling around on uh, the underground network, and, and then eventually it got to. I mean, visited places that I liked in London, but then eventually wanted to travel on the uh, entire underground network. And then once I finished that, I did the suburban railway networks of London and then branched mm-hmm. out to like the ones in the, the railway networks in the southeast. And that went out into the UK and then eventually that branched out to the entire UK and then started doing uh, railway networks of, of, of like countries like in Europe, like Ireland, Denmark, Netherlands, uh, and uh, that was uh, that was the mid two thousand. It's just branched out from there, and and you know it's kind of as I've kind of got used to it. Then I uh, I've visited uh, lots of other countries uh, in in the in in the world uh, since then. Yeah, how many have you been to? Uh, about seventy five in in total. Uh, uh, although uh, oh, quite there? few of them how are many, like, how many countries that have you like, people don't recognise. Uh... Yeah, so how many countries have you been to? Uh, 75. 75, wow. That's amazing. And and so where to next for you? Um, well, last last month I went to uh, went to Bulgaria, which is quite interesting. Um, lots, lots of these dotted caves are... Uh, in, in, in there and uh, like an old communist monument as well and uh, and uh, next um, it'll either be well, I'm trying to look at sort of the visa things as well because um, I might end up going to Russia and Belarus in, in June uh, because there, there's a there, there's there's the um, the uh, European games in, in Belarus and, and that means you can go into Belarus without a visa and also transit through Russia without a visa um mm. and I'm trying to look into the small print because obviously that's something you don't want to get wrong because normally, normally they're very strict about having yeah. visas too but like last year Russia like had a fan ID so you could see the World Cup without a visa um mm. so I'm trying trying to look into that uh but then you know if it turns out it's too complicated then where then the next place I'd go to would be uh Germany, uh where my brother he lives and uh, we'll be getting married. So uh right. yeah, so <laughs> and I'll probably go in there, yeah. 
so yeah, during during um, your travels, you also tried to set up an autistic state. So can you tell me about that, please? Yeah, um, in, in there, there's uh, area five uh, sort of separate enclaves between Croatia and Serbia that, for historical reasons, um, uh, Serbia thinks it belongs to Croatia and Croatia thinks it belongs to Serbia. Uh, so basically, it's basically effectively, it's it's almost like terra nullius. It's one of one of about two or three areas in the world that are like that. So I, I thought, you know, so re- reading about it, I thought, wouldn't it be interesting? Just kind of because because you know, I, I think I had a slightly bleaker view of of like of of our of our ability to assimilate into society. I, I thought, you know, we'd just be constantly rejected i'm slightly that's slightly softened since then yeah. um and i thought you know you know wouldn't it wouldn't it be you know if if something like that was to be set up you know obviously you know it wouldn't you know all 200 million autistics couldn't be accommodated there but you know it would kind of show to the world you know that we kind of are a you know are a minority and we would talk you know something more than more more than you know We'd, we'd, we'd all be seen on equal terms by the yes. by the rest of humanity. So I thought you know it'd be an interesting experiment, and if and you know if if a state didn't work, it'd be an interesting an interesting way to sort of publicise that and show us as a as a minority. So um, I I went uh, went there in uh, April 2015, but was beaten by four days uh, by another organisation called uh, called Lieberland, which is like uh, this sort of free marketer, you know, Bitcoin will save the world type utopian thing. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. So that was that's uh, that's something interesting. But I did get to make a flag out of that, and uh, brilliant. And uh, that that well, I used that for the autistic pride flag. Excellent. Really good. Dead interesting. Okay, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about how you've been involved in the autism community. Yeah. Throughout July, you can get 10% off our tread bangles, both adult and child. No need to do anything. Just go to our website where it is already discounted. If you need any help or support, then please join our Chewy Gem Sensory Support Group on Facebook. Now back to the podcast. Okay, welcome back, everyone. So um, before the break, we were getting to know Joseph a bit and his his love of traveling and his experience through diagnosis, which was all very interesting, and his um, setting up of an autistic state, which is also really interesting. But in terms of being in the autism community, you wear many different hats. So who do you work for now? for yeah. the autism community yeah i wear well, so many hats it's hard to hard to catch up um <laughs> with what i do um i uh um i i uh, i think neurodivergent labor I'm, I'm sort of involved in in setting setting that organization up uh and I'll organize autistic pride events uh and uh sort of there's sort of like a very loose affiliation of uh, of, of act- activists, uh, and I do kind of tend to be the usual suspects in sort of getting involved with protesting and things. So, be going to uh, do a demonstration uh, against uh, against uh, 
the NAS uh, because of the decision by the CQC to give them a slap on the wrist regarding Mendip House. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what else? Uh, so, so yeah, so it's probably really um, formally, it's probably uh, neurodivergent labour and uh, and uh, the autistic pride. It also used to be on the board of Autoscape uh, from 2015 to 2017, which is quite, it's, it's quite, it's one. It's an example of a very successful autistic organisation, autistic-led organisation. I, I don't know a lot about Autscape. What's their goals? What do they do? Uh, Autscape is basically like um, sort of an, an, an annual conference and a retreat, um, which started up in two thousand and five, uh, and it's it's autistic-led and it's for for autistic people, and and uh, and and it's basically is it's basically a platform. Uh, uh, to to get um to to, yeah, to just bring autistic people together and it's uh I first went to first went there in 2014 and it was it was almost like a life changing experience it's kind of it's kind of you know if you're in that environment you kind of see a whole bunch of people who are are like you you know who sort of do things and sort of have mannerisms that are are the same to you and it's not and and it's it's kind of you're kind of all on equal terms with each other. It's not just you know some some kind of because as I've been in, in groups with autistic people before, but it's sort of like you've had like a neurotypical in charge, uh, if that makes yeah. sense. And 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 having having that, you know, just just seeing, you know, people who are are like you, it's 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 it's, it's life changing. It's it's uh you know, it's you, you feel this. I've, I've sort of felt a sense of belonging that I hadn't in my life. And yes. And, uh, and 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 sort of in the sort of third day of it, you know, you sort of realise there's a whole pervasive anxiety that sort of that 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 is that is uh, that is is in you know you kind of feel almost constantly kind of when when out and about in the world, and that that and 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 it was is kind of so pervasive that I didn't you didn't almost realise it was there until it was gone. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's 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 great, and uh, and and sort of, sort of the team there, they they kind of uh, they kind of very they they sort of, they do bend over backwards to um, uh, autistic themselves to to actually accommodate the very very different varieties of of personality types uh, that autistic people have. Uh, you know, sort of trying to accommodate people in nonverbal or you know, sort of um, uh, sort of who dislike. Uh, Having photos taken, like like some people have special diets, um, yeah, and it's 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 a very very tough to organise. It's very sort of emotionally tough because you know you you you're sort of beset with lots of conflicting demands from other people. But um, but yeah, I think I think it's uh, I think they do do a very good public service. Yeah, that sounds very positive, and and like that will have helped you get more of a, a positive outlook on everything because you get that feeling of belonging um what about your involvement with the neurodivergent labor and the manifesto what what's the goals of all of that yeah the the uh neurodiver the uh basically in in 2015 uh another autistic activist called monique crane um because it's just after jeremy corbyn had been elected uh, she wrote a letter to jeremy corbyn uh saying that uh that's 
the um so sort of, you know saying saying you know sort of the concept of neurodiversity needs to be more recognized in society and mm-hmm. uh and that uh and that and that um and the uh uh and, and that she called you know for minister to deal with neurodiversity because at the moment sort of sort of, sort of, sort of these these conditions were sort of put under mental health and 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 it's not it's not quite the same as mental health because you know these conditions you know, sort of are sort of fundamentally sort of conditions such as sort of autism dyslexia dyspraxia ADHD etc uh, etc et um uh will have been there since birth um and, and are sort of a, a a sort of different different in different difference in brain development uh so basically um this this happened and another actor is called janine booth um uh got in touch with john mcdonnell and pitched this idea to him and normally with you know, not normally to, with, the, with the expectation that you know that they 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 try really hard to sell the idea to him and he'd just dismiss it and just consult uh consult one of the main charities uh, like like politicians usually do, you know, just consult main charities like the National Autistic Society and, and, and presume they'll speak for us. Uh, but but uh, John McDonnell said no. Uh, that I you know he didn't he didn't need much convincing. He 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 was because he's sort of you know, you know the old backbenchers tend to have a pet cause and and his pet cause was sort of rights for autistic people and and because he was elevated into the hefty the high position of shadow chancellor um he uh uh he um he sort of brought that attitude like to the top of labor party so it's it's, it's quite it's quite a historical opportunity i think with it's with its first case in, in the in the world that a major political party has taken the concept of neurodiversity seriously and you know, it's kind of uh, putting that to the core of of the uh, of the party's agenda. So, um, mm-hmm. so basically, we put a, put a, put a team together, and, and I was I was on the team, and and we created the Neurodiversity Manifesto, uh, and that manifesto has all sorts of radical demands, um, such as look, take, putting neurodivergence uh, is the tenth protected characteristic of the uh, Equality Act, because uh, because uh, because you know people, people assume that kind of you know if you're discriminated against for being neurodivergent you could just you just have it you could just have the disability uh uh as that yeah. the, uh um but uh but um but 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 to to prove that you're discriminated against your disability you have to prove that you're impaired you have to prove how impaired you are by it, uh, and uh, whereas it would just be much simpler to just say, you know, you know, I'm autistic. Autistics are discriminated by society. Um, you know, uh, and and that, and that way you can you can you can you can challenge the huge discriminations that employers make against uh, make against that. Um, also um aims to 
rather than changing the neurodivergent person to um uh to see the workplace uh how assess work when, when when sort of neurodivergent people are looking for jobs then uh get the workplace to change to suit the neurodivergent person is sort of you know sort of put put the onus on on the on on the environment rather than the uh rather than the uh individual so this is basically sort of you know taking the social model of of disability and and putting it putting it into action um so that 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 was submitted to john mcdonnell in november 2018 and there was a briefing uh with mps where sort of the people from the manifesto kind of uh gave their perspective on it to to john mcdonnell and uh in february february or last month uh February the ninth last month, um, uh, an organisation called Neurodivergent Labour uh, was set up. Um, well, the, the founding meeting was there. The, the actual AGM, where like the constitution, policies, and, and things like that, um, mm. will happen later this year. Um, but basically, this is sort of you know, so so sort of neurodivergent people, such as autistic, you know, ADHD, dyspraxia, dyscalculic, uh, Tourette's. Uh, Etc. Can uh, have their voice heard in, in the Labour Party, and hopefully that will be a springboard for us to uh, have a voice heard in wider society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So uh, th- that might be the answer to the next question. I was going to ask which of the things that you've been involved in do you feel most proud of? Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's uh. It's hard to. Uh, Hard to hard to, hard to do hard to do like uh, one one thing overall, um yeah I, I mean probably probably the, the manifesto is probably I'm pretty proud of that um the uh, the the uh, the the sudden U turn from the DVLA I'm quite I'm quite pleased about that because uh, because although it wasn't because uh, I, I I think I kind of got the ball rolling on that by by bringing that to the attention of other activists and they they took it and did some more research into it and uh, pressured the NAS who in turn pressured MPs uh, and uh, people on social media kind of pressured the DVLA and it, it took I think it took two days for them to suddenly suddenly U-turn and uh, and, and change their policy so I'm, I'm quite pleased about that um, but I, th- I think autistic pride as well I'm, I'm sort of pleased about that for a different reason because uh because, because, yeah, because, because, you know, as I said about Altscape, um, like, you know, it, it's great sort of bringing a sense of belonging to autistic people. But mm-hmm. the problem with Altscape is that it's three days long and it costs 200 quid, which is, is, you know, most autistic people live in poverty. So it's kind of, so, so what I wanted to, I suppose this leads on to autistic pride. So, but I, I'm proud, I'm proud of how not only did, have I, Sort of help create a platform so autistic people can feel, uh, so autistic people can feel a sense of belonging through autistic pride. But it's kind of encouraged other people to set up other other events up and down the country, and and so and, and sort of bring bring that sense of belonging to hundreds more people. So, so I'm, I'm proud proud of having done that too. Great. So, so how can autistic-run organisations and the um, activism scene become more inclusive of more autistic people? Exactly what you were just talking about there—that some of them are maybe not open to everyone. So, what could be done to make it more inclusive to the wider community? 
Yeah, um, it's. Uh, I think we've still got a long way to go to um, to to include uh, to include all, all, all to include all, all autistic people. Like, yeah, you know, that sort of you know in 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 practice, a lot of these spaces, you know, that, that they they sort of, they sort of claim to sort of include sort of people who are with a sort of higher support needs, but in practice, that doesn't happen, and. Um, and then people don't really have much of an idea how to include people on uh, support mm. needs. Um, so, and, and, uh, and, and, and I think, um, sort of, especially over recent years, people forget that being, being autistic kind of, uh, has, uh, it, it involves sort of, you know, sort of poor social skills. So I think, you know, there needs to be sort of a bit more tolerance of social faux pas. So ironically, um, in a lot, a lot of autistic spaces, you know, people have to watch what they're saying, which is kind of it's sort of, it's sort of a little bit wrong. Obviously, you know, when when sort of when sort of you, when you're sort of you're kind of verbally abusive and aggressive, that's one thing. But you know, if, if just just putting a foot wrong, um, or, or sort of you know, it's kind of it's it's kind of difficult because like you have people who who say things, who say the wrong things, but you also have people who are very sensitive as well. And that, that always leads to these great, great clashes. Um, I, th- I think, uh, I, th- I think in practice, the autistic community is very, it's, it's very, very, very sort of, very, in, in practice, it'd be something that everyone can contribute to. Um, so, you know, and, and change can be made by uh uh change can be made by uh by by thousands of people doing one little thing rather than a few people kind of uh kind of kind of, kind of you know kind of leading the way you know there's an the emphasis you know sort of the you know these these sort of few heroic individuals making making change for other people but i don't think I don't think real change comes about through that. I think mm-hmm. so. So I'd like to see I'd like to see a shift away from sort of looking at individuals, and uh, I suppose there's still almost too much of a emphasis on on sort of being verbal as well. Like, like as as you probably noticed, I kind of I kind of tend to struggle to articulate what's going on mm-hmm. verbally, and 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 the people the, the autistic people that can. That are, are more capable of doing so tend to have their voices tend to drown out the, the many that can't. And, and, and uh, yeah. like for example, in in, in like Altscape, uh, there were a couple of people that that had found it very difficult to speak in public, and but they they were they were on the board and they were able to contribute. But in, in other organisations, um, yeah, these people just get really sidelined. So really good. Um, yeah, so. And, 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 and and I think uh, you know sort of some some people um some people some people like see themselves as all like because they're autistic they kind of think they they kind of that gives an excuse to for them to get rid of responsibility. For accommodating other autistic people, they think you know we're 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 discriminated against minority. We don't have to do anything. Like for example, you know, I don't know, somebody somebody provokes somebody else into a meltdown, and 
and and and and this other person says, "Oh, I'm, I'm autistic." Uh, you know, you shouldn't do this to me. And the other person says, "Oh, yeah, we're autistic too," and, and that somehow excuses their their behaviour. So, could go on. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting an interesting topic. So, with that in mind, that those who are maybe more capable socially. How how else can the autistic voice be better heard for those people that find that more of a struggle? Yeah, uh, I think uh, I think just increase increase the options for participation, uh, mm-hmm. and um, in autistic pride. I mean, it's still it's still it's still not totally there, but I try to I try to do it so it's 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 public, but it's private as well. It's, it's in like a public area of the park, but in a secluded area, so people want to hide away, they can and and if people want to yeah. sort of do something extroverted they can as well um and i suppose uh, i suppose uh, how to put this like like um the sort of social techniques that neurotypicals use to 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 dominate other people to get their their point their points across or their they are their ability to be articulate um mm. like there shouldn't be as much emphasis on that amongst autistic spaces as they are you know you, you, you need to because because essentially it is, it is a communication difficulty you have to listen mm. carefully to people for what people have to say and try and try and look for points rather than rather than hold the communication to the same standards as neurotypicals if that so that, that's that's another thing um yeah and i suppose sort of looking look into ways um to for, for people to to communicate uh and 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 my tongue's got frozen <laughs> <coughs> Yeah, I think I think it's all very interesting. There's a lot of things that you've brought up there that I hadn't considered um, about how those people less capable socially can maybe must feel frustrated that their voice isn't being heard. And I think what you're saying is ensuring that events that are put on and things that are put on consider all of those different dynamics that make up the wider community yeah. and making sure that they have those opportunities, which is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and probably something that a lot of people don't think of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So it, it's I'm I'm going to finish it there. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Have you got any kind of closing statement or any last thing that you want to get off your chest before we finish up? Um. And if you don't, it's fine. Um. Yeah. Uh. Uh. When when neurodivergent labour is set up, if you're interested in volunteering for that, um, feel free to. Uh, we've we've yet to set up a website, but uh. Um, yeah, but if you Google it, it'd be easy to find. Um, Autistic Pride is generally um, uh, around June the 18th, so um, look around on Facebook. Uh, there's a Facebook group called Autistic Pride Alliance, um, uh, but that'll probably be more, be more discussed in depth uh, in the uh, next podcast. I don't know. <laughs> Drop a hint. Uh, uh, heavy hint. Um, uh, what else? Uh, protest on March the 29th outside the National Autistic Society against Mendip House. If you're unhappy with the decision, please go there. Um, probably more things, but uh, I've forgotten them. So. <laughs> it's 
So the, the, where is there one place that people could go to to look at all these events? Is there like somewhere that they could go and look and see what they can get involved in? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, probably on Facebook, I tend to find Facebook groups quite good. So the Autistic Cooperative, uh, that's a good good Facebook group. Uh, and uh, Autistics Worldwide and Neurodiverse UK and uh, Neurodiversity Group. That just tends to be where a lot of the people tend to hang out, uh, sort of Facebook groups. Uh, and Autistic Pride Alliance uh, as well. So I think if you hang around there, then that's just somewhere good. You'll hear all about it sort of thing. Brilliant. Well, thank you once again, Joseph, for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and hearing all about your attempts to set up an autistic state and all the great things that you're doing for the community. So thank you very much for your time. Well, that's it for this week. And thank you once again for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you've got time and you can spare 30 seconds, then go and give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps other people find our content. And we know that our content and our episodes are so helpful to our community with lots of hints and tips and interesting interviews. So go and do your kind deed of the day and leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. Also, so that you never miss an episode and you get a notification when a new one is available why not hit subscribe and that way you'll never miss us finally if you're not already a member of our fantastic facebook support group i suggest you go join it we'd love to see you in there there's loads of fantastic chat lots of peer-to-peer support from people in the same boat as you so go and search on facebook for the chewy gem sensory support group and let us know what you're thinking of our episodes speak to you then bye